I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. It is so nice to be talking to you again. I am so excited to be putting in. Also, one of the things that has made it possible for us to come back and do this show is we kind of have this like we know that we try and get episodes up every other Monday but for example this one will be three weeks since the last episode I think and I think that one was like a month gap and the thing that has made this so possible is we have our ideal schedule and if we can't stick to it we don't freak out and now in the online business world kind of the general advice is like pick a schedule and stick to it and be consistent and I agree to some extent however this is just my takeaway for anyone listening. If you have a creative project that you want to work on, especially if it's a collaborative one, because when you've got collaboration, you've got two people to make work. And the reason you're not doing it or the reason you're struggling with it is because you can't always stick to the exact schedule you want to stick to. This is just my encouragement to say, screw the schedule and do the best you can. And I'd rather put out episodes when we can put out episodes, Sarah, rather than try and stick to a schedule, get burnt out, hate it, hate each other, not do it anymore. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then no more podcasts ever again. It's persistency instead of consistency, definitely. Oh, I love that. But it has, it has, it, I feel such a lightness around it. Like, like today I was like, so if is any inside baseball for people who want to know, like I'm, and this is really interesting because in real life, I'm like, anyone in my real life would tell you that like I'm the scattered unhinged one who's like needs help like organizing things but in our working relationship I'm like sometimes I feel like Sarah must be so annoyed with me because I'm texting you being like how does this schedule work for you this 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 <laughs> but I'm- that's you being organized that's not annoying it's really helpful <laughs> and because I also like Alex is our editor so like I'm managing all the stuff behind the scenes and so I texted this morning like because last week we were going to record but we it didn't work out for us energetically so we moved it to this week and I was like if we record we record if not it's cool I'm chill it just feels so good to be doing this show together again but feeling so like chill about it and I say that to anyone listening who has some form of project you want to work on but sticking to a schedule is making it impossible to do so maybe just let the schedule be written in pencil and then you can actually show up and do it and you know I think I find it easier to do that with this in a forgiving loving generous way than I do for when it's just me because I am automatically loving and forgiving and generous for you Mm, like of course if you're not feeling well the last thing I want to do is make a demand of you whereas if I'm not feeling well there's still a big part of my brain that's like you lazy bitch (laughs) I also (laughs) and I do want to make demands of me so I also think tell me if I'm wrong here I think we just feel incredibly safe with each other like I I think like you're one of the few people in the world who I actually do feel incredibly safe being like flaky with because you know I'm not being flaky like like when you said to me last week like no actually and like is that and I'm like yeah of course like there is an inherent safetyness in our relationship where the other person can be like nope not today and it's like cool chill no problem yeah because you know that we each get it that's so true yeah and so I'm just grateful there you you just you just listen to us say how much we love each other and how much we love working together it's but we're excited to be back today also before we jump in we've both got things to share with you all so I will share mine then Sarah can share us mine is my group program my flagship group program your simple and spacious business as the day this goes live is now open for enrollment this program is awesome if I say so myself it's the best thing I've ever made if you just go to the sales page the testimonials if I don't even have to say so myself tell you how supportive this program is how gentle it is 
just to give you a rundown, it's my lifetime group program for online business for online business owners who want to bring more freedom and ease and intentional growth. And actually, it's not just online business owners. There are also some product based businesses and some in person based businesses inside. And you get lifetime access, so you pay for one year's access, and you continue to get access to everything inside, no extra cost. There's a library of eighteen monthly coaching sessions so far. These are recorded every month and delivered to you. There's no live showing up for them because we've all got to be going at a schedule and a pace that works best for us there's a vault full of courses there's twice monthly office hours you could submit to there's a really awesome slack channel there's quarterly live planning calls I'm just there to support you every step of the way. I've downloaded my brain into this program, everything I've learned around marketing and client client and customer boundaries and audience growth and shaping your business to work best for you and making your work week work best for you. All that good stuff. I love this program. It is on sale for the next two weeks for this enrollment. Spaces are limited to try and keep our community a really nice, calming, welcoming, gentle space. So if you want to find out more, the link will be in the show notes. Yeah, that is my uncomfortable marketing spiel. I'll go like sweat in the corner now. Sounds rubbish. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound like much value at all. (laughs) It is. I will say that people always say to me like, Jen, are you crazy? Why are you selling it? Not for like so much more money. And also why are you giving lifetime access? And I will say that there is so much beautiful peace and freedom in like generously pricing this program. Like the people are always like, Jen, why are you doing it? And I'm like, because like it's you we don't have we can price things in a way that feels really non-extractive I've built this program to be non-extractive in that I want you to feel like you've got 10 times your money worth when you come inside yeah like you've bought a Ferrari for a fiver and and also um, and you know it's still an investment it's still an investment but it's not and also I want it to feel like I want you to feel safe I want you to come into this program and breathe a sigh of relief that you are going to have support every step of the way in your business and there's no rush because you can dive into the resources at a pace that works best for you I just I love it and I think I run my business in a way where my business cannot extract of me what I'm not willing to give to it but I also want what I give to be generous as well and there's also something I experimented with for the last enrollment which I'm still doing with this is a sliding scale pricing structure which is quite relevant to today's question because we're talking about Mm. it's a chronic illness question but basically I feel really strongly that if I can build into the pricing structure of this program that recognizes that we're actually not all navigating our business journey from the same starting line, sometimes due to chronic health illness or disability or lower income backgrounds or caregiving responsibilities, not everyone has the same resources to invest in support in their journey. So there's actually a sliding scale pricing structure that you can choose a lower tier if that can be supportive for you to join this program in a way that recognizes that perhaps you don't have the same financial resources as someone who's able to pay the full tier. So if you want to find out more the link will be in the show notes i'd love to welcome you inside it's awesome if i say so myself i really i really love as well that it's you know there's so many times when we sign up for a class because we need one specific thing and then the season of our life changes and we can't access it or we don't access it how we imagined but like this is a resource that is flexible with people's lives and their needs and everything like that i think it makes so much sense it's exactly what i would want if i was starting out or at an earlier stage or had time to to look at things online (laughs) and also inside it's awesome there's like people at all different stages of business there's people who've been doing it for 10 years and evolving it to work better for them and there's people just getting stuck and i think the through line is that you want to build a simple spacious intentional gentle human business so if that sounds like you come find out more and now over to Sarah who is soon opening up the doors again to like your awesome new program yes if that sounds rubbish to you (laughs) like what how can I follow that (laughs) you know what if Jen sounds like an idiot to you and you want to yeah 
if you're like not into Jen, maybe I can help you instead. Uh, it's completely different. So um, you may have heard me just touch upon occasionally the fact that I like Substack and that I've written a class with my friend Keely called the Substack Soiree. We have just, well, actually we've got about one week left in this very first round and it's just been glorious just gorgeous the community is incredible the writing the things that people are creating out of it are insane and we're seeing all these beautiful screenshots of people sharing their growth and telling us how much they're loving it and it's just oh my gosh it's been the most energizing and joyful experience I'm so so happy that it's gone this way and so we are going to run it again we've had lots and lots of people asking people who missed the cutoff date to sign up or people wanting to do it before Christmas so we're going to run it again we're probably going to put it on sale in October we're already in October so it's going on sale in the next couple of weeks hopefully for a November start we want to be finished before Christmas so if you would like to read more about that or if you already know that Subsite is going to be the next thing for you and you want to pour your heart into it and get to know your audience there gets to know your voice and kind of carve out this place for you and your work online in a different way, away from the algorithms, away from the social media churn. Look us up, Substack Soiree, that's S-O-I-R-E-E, and you will come to our free Substack where we have Substack resources already. And if you subscribe to that, you will get an email as soon as it goes back on sale. Awesome. Okay, so shall I read out today's question? Yes, let's hear it. Okay, this is from Bo and Bo and Bo's pronouns are she and her. And Bo says, hi, Sarah and Jen. Years ago, I remember saying to a friend, I learn a lot from people with chronic illness because they have to prioritize so acutely. It's so helpful for the rest of us. This included listening to your podcast over the years. So thanks for that. I'm writing today because lo and behold, 18 years into running my business, I've suffered ongoing and complete burnout, ending in chronic illness. And this year, long COVID was the cherry on top or perhaps the hair that broke the camel's back. I've gone past fighting and struggling and have moved into a place of acceptance, nearly. But it has taken some serious thought as to how to manage and maintain my business, knowing that this illness ain't going anywhere anytime soon. I'm turning my ship around to encompass less on-site photography work and more online and facilitation work to keep my business afloat, but I am at the total loss as to how to manage worrying that I will be written off by my industry. This cuts deep as part of my core values of a reliability and dependability. I've been the person who can deliver high-quality projects on time, on budget for so long, and now I worry people will think I'm flaky, unreliable and worse. Despite having a chronic illness, I show up fully to my clients. So how can I explain that I'm 100% there for my clients at the times I make for them, but also be real about the reality of days where I can't even muster to have a shower? How can I share in my communications that I can be both of these things all at once? Please share with me your many wisdoms. Bo. I love this question. I mean, Bo, I hate it for you because I know this reality all too well. I know Jen does as well. I know lots of people listening do. And it's so painful having to let go of things that we're happy with and proud of in our work because our bodies start to limit our ability to deliver those. And like I, I think you should, first of all, give yourself like so much grace and so much love for having come through this and being on that path to acceptance and being able to look at this in this creative way of like, okay, this is a problem. How do I want to solve it? Because it would be very easy to just wallow. I mean, you're allowed to wallow as well. I'm giving you permission if you need a wallow. But I think this question as well really gets to the heart of something that I hear come up for lots of people in lots of different ways, not just people with chronic illness, but this idea that we have of professionalism. Like we have a notion of what it means to be professional and what we think our clients or our customers need to see from us to believe that we are this 
magic veneer of professional. And when you start to pick it apart, I actually think it's a complete myth. And a lot of the things that we assign to professionalism are not even things that we want to be or that are helpful for us to be or that are good things to communicate about ourselves. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was, I shared something on Instagram yesterday that was kind of sharing, you know, I've had a very traumatic year of my health. It's been a year now since I had this horrible episode that left me in hospital and I've not had a day without dizziness since I've had more vertigo attacks than I can count. It's been very debilitating. And I shared on Instagram, just kind of like some reflections on that and how like, I'm so grateful that within it, I've built my business to a place where it can still thrive, even when I'm not thriving as a human being. And I started to reflect and I was like, I'm, you know, Sarah and I are pretty open about our health. Like it's, it's a big thing that we talk about and we're very open about it and I was like I wonder if this turns some people off like I wonder mm. and it wasn't it wasn't me worrying about it I was curious I was like I wonder how many people look at me and think well she's chronically ill so I don't want to work with her I don't and and it's not a problem because you know I'm booked out like right now I think I'm booked out six months in advance of clients like I have my group programs that sell really well like I'm, my business is thriving and fine even if some people write me out of the game for being you know disabled by my chronic illness but it was an interesting reflection of because I'm just naturally a person who just can't not live their truth out loud like it's so true to my nature that I don't know how to not be honest mm -hmm. but I did reflect on this I was like I wonder two things well I wondered like I wonder I wonder how much of this is a turn off to some people but if that's a turn off to someone that they're actually not the right fit for me because I was reflecting on how so many of my well all of my clients know the truth of my health and so many of them that's been a connection point for them not all of my clients majority of my clients don't have chronic illness but they have something in their life that means that they want to take this journey at a slower more human pace and so often the answer is just that they're just not a human being who thrives at a go 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 pace and you don't need a reason to not want to burn yourself out into the ground to, for business yes. like but it's I was wondering on this I was wondering like I wonder how it does affect how some people perceive us that we're so open about our health because I think for people who've never come across disability or ill health it's very uncomfortable to imagine being disabled or chronically ill and, and I think Sarah it speaks to what Sarah said is that we live in a society that we put this pressure on ourselves it's like is it presenteeism is that the word yes presenteeism presenteeism <laughs> whatever <laughs> that, one, that, word. that one and it's you know I was thinking to your question Bo because it's like the thing I've always learned is the work speaks for itself like I'm doing my work. I show up every month in my group program and deliver my deliverables. I show up for my clients every workday on Voxer, every call. Like I'm showing up and delivering it. Am I sometimes doing it lying down? Am I sometimes, you know, spending the whole weekend in bed to recover? Like, am I sometimes like having like very rarely, but it happens that I have to push something back by a couple of days or reschedule something. It's like, but the work is undeniable. And it's the same for you, Sarah. It's like, you might be chronically ill, but you're, you're doing your most beautiful work ever in the substacks worry right now like my biggest encouragement to you bro is the the work is undeniable and when I own that that is my entry point to then making practical decisions about how to make this work but the work is always undeniable it's just the we're coming up against an ableist society and the the unhelpful expectations of that yes absolutely and I think you're so right that actually repelling people who do not have tolerance for that or grace for that is a really wise business decision. It's always a good thing to dispel, dispel, repel <laughs> the, the customers who are not a good fit for you because 
it's so easy when you're in kind of a scarcity place when you just need to make the money to think I don't care I'll take any customer and then you get them and you think oh actually I really do care like this it's so expensive to my energy and my mental health and quite often to literally to your business as well for all the hours of emailing and everything they need so if someone is not going to be able to understand that sometimes my body has needs that are contrary to to my business then great let them go and find somebody who doesn't who's perfect and completely immune to human circumstances like they presumably are and good luck to them and exactly like you say what it brings in is people who do have knowledge and experience that humans are humans and it allows you to build much more meaningful connections and actually to be able to like create better work with them in the end because if we're all masking and trying to show up as like people in power suits with briefcases and shoulder pads there's a lot of barriers there to making those human connections and I guess I'm thinking for Bo like maybe reliability and dependability like those are the two words she used maybe her concept of what those mean might have to change somewhat within her business I don't know you know if she might have to be more flexible with her own deadlines or she might have to accept that occasionally she doesn't deliver something on a a time that she said she would I don't know enough about how her work is to know how avoidable or unavoidable that might be but those words reliability and dependability don't mean I send emails on time or like Mm, you know mm. there's a lot more to being those two things than that and I would say reliably delivering a consistent standard of work being someone that people can depend on emotionally like depend on to meet their needs depend on to understand what they're trying to get to like there are so many values that you bring to your work that represent your reliability and dependability better than your ability to meet a deadline I think you know what I thought might be interesting Sarah because I think you know you and I are very chronically ill unfortunately it's what this great thing we have in common but we you know we're the breadwinners for our business we run we steer the ships of these businesses and I wondered if it would be interesting if we actually because my biggest encouragement is to build your needs so deeply into your business the you have the space to manage your health in a way that it therefore is as not disruptive as possible and I wondered if it'd be interesting if you and I would share the really concrete decisions we make on a daily weekly monthly yearly basis that we accommodate our health in a way that a lot am I making sense yeah yeah no, give really example. So, yes. when I, so when I so when I think about the decisions I've made so that I can show up and be reliable and dependable and deliver all the things I say I'm going to do the fi- I've had to make a lot of intentional decisions behind the scenes to make that possible for me so for example big evolution I made in my business over the past couple of years is really reducing the amount of calls I had in my schedule because calls mm-hmm. were becoming the problem a they're fatiguing and b having too many calls in the schedule means you have absolutely zero if I needed to I just wouldn't take a call day off because it it would mess up the schedule so much and also there was a whole issue of my schedule that too many clients were carrying over but that's a whole story for another day so for me the big thing I did was I evolved my business model to be a hybrid business model with that awesome group program that I talked about at the start of the recording and so I could take on less clients but I also evolved my I still want to work with clients one-on-one I love it but I want to do it in a much more streamlined way so a decision I made was I really evolved my one-on-one container so that now the only way to work with me one-on-one with calls 
is I have quarterly clients. So you work with me for an entire year, you get one call a quarter, and then you get Voxer in between, which is super valuable. So basically one month, every three months, I have four or five weeks of calls with two calls a day for one day a week. And then I have two months of the calendar in a row, zero calls. So eight months a year, zero calls in my schedule, four months a year, one day a week of two, two to three calls a day, which is considering my schedule, like even just four or five years ago was like, 12 calls in a week every single week this is like a non-religious miracle for me I'm not <laughs> that's and so that was a big I made that decision very intentionally like how do I be able to show up because to just no, not to toot my own horn but I can do beautiful work with a client in an hour in the space I hold and the magic we do together how can I still do that with a client but in a way that because now and it's actually I can't remember the last time I had to reschedule a call day but if I have to reschedule a call day that's actually really easy for me now because I've got so much space in my schedule just if I had to move it to another day of the week or move it to the next week a I've got the briefing room if I needed to use it but b I'm working so below my one-on-one capacity now that it's not burning me out and I've got so much space to breathe within it so big decision I made there was to really evolve the the, the container of my one-on-one program second decision I made was including doing a lot more of my client delivery in Voxer Voxer is awesome anyway because it's so much more accessible for both of you especially with time zone differences like basically Voxer is like WhatsApp but you can send voice notes back and forth it's just any form of asynchronous messaging really um is so helpful because I can I do Voxer every morning from my bed chilling out in bed I'm replying to my Voxer I do it from the bath a lot that was a big game changer for me because I can do that around my capacity instead of having an hour so many times a week where I have to show up at a specific time and then with my group program for example I've built it in a way where there's very minimal live elements all the monthly deliverables so the coaching session that I do every month is basically like a mini workshop that I create and I record it my end and then send it out twice a month members can submit questions for office hours I record them my end send the recording out everything's done at my own pace there's never there's rarely only once a quarter do I have a live call with the group and my schedule in a week is I can move my work I can plan my workload around my energy it's only that one day a week for the one month a quarter that I'm on calls that I have one day where it's like set in stone that's what I'm doing but apart from that I can plan my energy and my time around my health and how things are feeling and so those are just examples of like the free core decisions I've made so reducing the amount of calls in my schedule moving to more asynchronous messaging and having not many live deliverables in my group program those they sound really simple but those three decisions are how I'm able to do my best work but in a way that gives me the flexibility to work around my health so I'm always dependable and I'm always reliable I'm always showing up I'm always meeting my deadlines but I'm able to do it in a way where I can be flexible on the daily basis does that make sense Sarah yeah it makes so much sense and what about you well I have to have one question for you first which is because I know that this was kind of the concern for you at, at the beginning of making this pivot was like, how do you think it's impacted your profitability having to make these changes? Well, as you know, hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I've had my best, my, my last two tax years, I were laughing because I was doing sorting out my tax return the other week and realized that I'd missed out a lot of money. And thankfully I hadn't submitted it yet, but I had to like text Sarah like, do you have a name of an accountant, please? Because I'm really <laughs> messing this up my end. So but, I have too so, much money. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Just that I'd forgot some money that had come in and was about to lie in my tax return, but thankfully I hadn't submitted it yet. But no, like my, my last, I've made more money the past. So interestingly, I, I've not made, like I'm making the best of what, 
the amount of money that I want to make and making that I've made this in the past before being really burnt out and then I actually took a bit of a pay cut for a few years when things were too much and I earned a bit less and then these past couple of years I've basically gone back to the top end of what I like to earn but in this space I actually my business has actually made more money like in the past tax year than it did in previous tax years I just didn't realize I forgot this money came in (laughs) but so my business is way more profitable but that is purely the thing that's made it the most profitable is creating my flagship group program because it took me out of the thing where I could own my the the limit of my income was on how many clients I could fit into my schedule because now I have this really robust one-to-many offer but yeah my business is financially has been thriving more than ever but also has the capability of thriving more than it ever has as well I think it's really important that we touch on that because it can feel like these compromises, you know, come at the, expe- at the expense of literal money. And it's so funny because so many of the changes I've had to make in the adjustments are sort of the opposite to the choices you've made. So because one of the biggest symptoms to me is sleep attacks, this like irresistible shot me with a tranquilizer dart. I'm not able to stay awake sleepiness. And one of the few things that can kind of at least delay it. It doesn't stop it, but it like gives me a bit of buffer time is live human interaction, mm. like bouncing off somebody else. So it really affected me in the ability to like sit and write, say a whole program, really difficult when it's just me writing at a, a keyboard for me to literally stay awake and not just drool on my keyboard. So I've added more one-to-one and more live things because I know if it's a live event, the adrenaline will keep me going a little bit like the panic of having to cancel will keep me going and it will kind of let me get it done and let me get it delivered and then I can fall asleep afterwards and I can completely crash out. So that works really well for my business. That's how I am able to be more consistent and that's how I'm able to keep showing up at the moment, which is completely different to earlier in my business when live events were the most draining, exhausting thing. And when I say live events, it's all online based. There's nothing in person. I had to completely cut those out of my business quite a long time ago because as much as I loved them, they were just energetically so, so expensive for me. I just would spend weeks recovering. And then in things for me, like all of my work pretty much is nothing I deliver that I can't do from my phone. So Mm. if I'm having a really bad day, I can edit my photos on my phone. I can write my Substack on my phone. I can do client calls from my phone, like everything is possible. And for me, having Claire, my assistant, who's amazing and just able to take the things off me that I know I can't do. And more recently, like co-working and writing this program with Claire, because I don't think I could have written a whole program on my own again now. I don't think my health is at a point where right now that would be feasible for me. But having a second person in there, like energetically, it's it's more than just the fact that we've split it. It's more than it's just, you know, half as much work because we've kind of written every single piece of it together and the energy of someone else and the collaboration and someone who can go, hey, okay, like I can see you're struggling. I'm going to take this now and I'm going to finish it. Like that has been huge for me, really transformational for me. And it's not something like I don't think I would have chosen it if you'd asked me two years ago like would you rather write on your own or write with someone else I would always have said like I just want it to be mine I want to write my thing but I'm so grateful for it and I've loved it so much more than I ever loved writing on my own so I guess what I'm trying to say is don't assume that just because you have to let go of something you've enjoyed or a way of doing something that you felt happy with that the new way won't even be better because it really can be what I really 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 love here is that our answers are the opposite and that 
is such a beautiful reminder to anyone listening who relates to this question is like there is no one size fits all answer to how to make your business work best for you when you're chronically ill what really matters is saying what needs to be true for me like what what do I need to be able to stay in the game and and also I just want to validate if anyone's listened to this thinking like I really effing wish I didn't have to ask myself these questions <laughs> like yeah. like it is not fair and it is not okay and we're all navigate like Sarah and I could both talk for hours about the grief we navigate about being chronically ill and also I can say that we're both deeply grateful that we're somehow able to make this work but the hopefully the takeaway you've got there is there is no one size fits all answer for how to do this the most important thing is asking yourself okay what needs to be true for me within the specifics of my health and my personality and my life and my needs and then how can I creatively look at my business and my business model and my business structure and reshape things that in a way that honors whatever needs to be true for me. And I think that's the journey we've both been on, Sarah, is constantly looking at, well, what's my need and what needs to be honored and what needs to be, for me, the most helpful thing was also, the, or the most powerful thing was saying like, what can I no longer ask of myself? And I also want to, the question you asked earlier about the finances, I did take a financial hit in this evolution. There was one year where I think I earned 25, 30K less in the pivot. And like, mm. it was fine because thankfully I, I earned above what I need to earn to survive if you get what I mean and like I had say but like I did take a financial hit to evolve my business same, right? and, and it, same yeah. so let's also normalize that that income growth is not linear and sometimes we take a financial step back to take the right step forward but if anyone's listened to this who relates to Bo's question they're like how do I make this work how do I show that I'm reliable and dependable how can I not how can my chronic illness not become something that people use as a reason not to trust me I think number one is you have to get really clear on what needs to be true for you in your business if you meet your own needs within the business and it's this it, it has to be done in such a right like the decisions we've both made in our business Sarah go so against industry norms in so many different ways <laughs> like, yeah yeah and you have to give yourself permission to opt out of able-bodied rules be, and that's one that like, you have to opt out of the narrative that assumes that you're able-bodied because I think everyone not should be allowed as well yes. you don't need a disability no. or a chronic illness to opt out of like of the capitalist norms that expect you to not we be all a human. should opt out because what that's what they are they're not just they're like anti-human norms mm -hmm. and we yeah you have to accept your needs before you're able to meet your needs and I think so much of running a business the quote-unquote traditional way asks us to deny our needs whether that's like the need for rest or the need for creativity or the need for inspiration or the need for childcare, <laughs> like whatever it is it's it's so true I I I see this. It's really interesting to me when like, I sometimes I'll work with a client and they'll say, you know, Jen, I, I don't have a chronic illness. I don't have like any like form of disability or need, but I just feel like I can't thrive at this go, go, go pace. And I want to build more rest into my business, but you know, I don't have, there's nothing wrong with me. So why should I have to do that? And I say to them, I say, you're a human being. That's why you need to do that. Like you, you don't. There is nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Like you are perfect. <laughs> there's something wrong with the system the system is not built to honor our humanness the system profits of our I I, the, I I really want to write something called like a manifesto for a non-extractive business it keeps coming around in my mind because I'm like when did we all start believing the lie that the only way that we can build thriving businesses is by taking of our humanity to do so what if it can be circular what if as much as we pour into the business pours back into us and we're not giving of anything like Bo you said like oh how can I explain to my clients that I am there for them but sometimes I don't have the capacity to muster a shower 
like how do you build it in a way that allows that to be absolutely more than fine that you the and you know we can talk about the ways we've done that and we could but I think the fact that we put pressure on ourselves to not have needs within our client relationships and I'm not like my clients it's a one-way street in terms of service I am here in service of my clients and I plan my time and my schedule in a way that allows me to show up for them 100% but the way I have structured my offerings has my needs completely built into them if that may, like I yes. th- like it's a one-way street of service but my needs are so deeply built into how what I promise I'm going to deliver that I never feel like I have to actually let a client down because what I've already committed to already expects me to have needs and they're built into the offering that's why I do so much of my client work over Voxer now because I can do Voxer I choose what time of the day I'm going to check in with Voxer I don't work every single day of the week that's a big one for me clients know the days of the week that they're going to hear back from me I I can do Voxer lying down in bed. I can do it in the bath when I'm in a lot of pain. That is a big way of how I build my needs into the business by just reducing the amount of times I have to show up live on a call. And Bo, it's going to be dependent here on perhaps the more most important question is what needs to be true for you, for your needs to be honored in the way that you structure your business. And then therefore your needs are, will be so deeply built into what you're offering that your clients will never even feel a, is a discrepancy of the word like a gap between what what you're mm. offering them and you because you're, you're honoring your needs in every single thing that you do and it, and it's expected that some days you need to lie in bed all day and that's okay because you've built things in a way that doesn't expect you to be available every single day what do you think Sarah yeah I think I think it's worth mentioning as well that there are of course and, and both of us are aware of this like some days when the predictability lets you down and even having given yourself all the space oh, yeah. and less time, your body just says no. And it is completely okay to to give yourself whatever you need that day. And if that's cancellations, then it has to be cancellations. Like there's no way around it. And I think, you know, this question of like, how do we communicate to our clients that we are reliable and that we're going to put them first and we're going to meet their needs, even though we have these other things going on. Like the very first step of that is by modeling how we do that for ourselves Mm. and so you have to show that you are someone that you can depend on that you put yourself first that you you know that your needs are important and when you can show that whether that's like just in your Instagram content or how you show up to your newsletter and you talk about the things you've been doing to yourself or whatever you're using to kind of communicate with your clients that gives them the confidence because they understand that like okay She's got all this shit going on, but look, she still is taking care of herself. She's still there for herself. She's still showing up for herself. She can give that to me as well. And I I speak to so many people about this. I've always had these conversations about Instagram and now it's becoming a conversation about Substack. People saying like, I I use this mainly as like a professional kind of, you know, this is my work channel. I talk about my work here and it's mainly my customers that are reading it. And I'm scared about letting them see the behind the scenes. So there was someone recently I spoke to who was an interior designer and she has a really, really full and just delightful home life full of like kids and farm and animals and all sorts of chaos going on. And she was saying, I feel like it's going to put my clients off because they're luxury clients and I don't want them to think that I can't deliver luxury or that my life is too chaotic for for them to be the priority that they deserve to be. And I just think like, First of all, what a huge shame if you have to deny so much about who you are to make your clients like you. Like, I feel like that's a really 
awful message to be sending to yourself of like they wouldn't like me for who I actually am I feel like that's setting yourself up for some serious burnout somewhere in your business but second of all like it forgets that actually all of that the fact that she juggles family life and farm life and runaway goats and everything else shows just how dynamic and skilled she is at managing chaos and making something beautiful at the end of it and interiors are about home so telling the story of her home and her home life is so compelling that people are going to be like I have to have her she's the only person that can make my home the way I want it to look like she has her interior she has a portfolio to show the styles and to show the luxury in that way but if you're looking at two interior designers and a lot of people you know in lay people we don't necessarily even understand the nuance and the difference between two people's designs so they're looking at these two different designers what makes us go that one instead of that one it's always the other stuff right it's the story it's the goats it's the oh my god I think I'd really get on with her like I understand I know she'll understand that we have this chaotic life but we need our house to look this way like all of that stuff just actually makes you more irresistible to the right people and yeah like Jen said earlier there will be some really super type a people who are like no, absolutely not. She cannot do anything except go home to a white box and think <laughs> about my home <laughs> all night. And like, fine, they can go and find that person for them. Mm. But yeah, building a business where you have grace for your customers and they have grace for you in return mm. is so much more sustainable, whether you have chronic illness or health or disability issues going on or not. Like it's just, I think I think this is part of how we change the world. It's like, let's stop denying that we are multifaceted humans. And when you bring it all together in one place, it is just the most magical bundle. I, oh, this is going to be probably one of those times where I ramble too much. My husband has to edit it really neatly because <laughs> I'm like feeling emotional hearing everything you share. And also because one of the biggest journeys I've had to go on in my business is allowing my humanity to be at the table too. Now, I think this is probably rooted in childhood trauma more than anything else. But I think there's like, I... I relate to Bo's question a lot because I've always felt a lot of pressure on myself to not have any needs within the client relationship. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have in the past worked, like I worked through extreme morning sickness. Like I didn't, like I, I feel so unsafe to inconvenience people and that's childhood stuff. And I've worked through it a lot. And so for example, now in my life, like I'm my son, I'm a, my, my son is three years old. He's home with us in the day. Like he's, I, he's not, when I'm working, I'm not in charge of him. Like he's either with my husband or my mom. But when I'm doing Voxer, sometimes you, a few rooms away, you can hear him making noise and I'll go, oh, sorry, that's just my son making some noise. And clients so often say to me like, Jen, don't apologize. I know you have a son. Like that's your life. Yeah. Like that's okay. And it's, I definitely, and I'm still continuing to work through my own limiting beliefs about how worthy I am of being a human being in the business. And I say this just to say everything you said there, Sarah, just hit me so deep in the gut because it's so true that we've all bought into these horrible lies around professionalism and being good enough and like deliver and like Sarah and I deliver like right now so I don't know about you like I'm in bed like I'm literally propped up by cushions recording this podcast because I need to be comfy today because I'm in pain like I do most of my work in bed or like in a comfy chair or like really cozy because and like that's not quote unquote professional but that's what that's what needs to be true for me and also who, who gives a damn but it's I wonder if so many of us have so many wounds around inconveniencing people and having needs and being safe to be a human being and seeing our value in terms of what we give to others and not asking anything from those relationships ourselves and 
I really think you're very right that like we have to rewrite this because I know for me it's been incredibly healing like clients often remind me that they want my humanness in the mix of the does that make sense yes. like they hired me because because they love how vulnerable I am and how open I am and 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 they want us all to be human beings in the mix of it and it's just yeah I have a lot of stuff here that I still think I work through and that I have to heal from and I think what you said there was so powerful yeah I think I think all of us do it's messaging we get anyway and then yeah like you say if you have if you've had experiences that have just invalidated you and traumas then it it only makes it so much more compelling to believe that you will be rejected if you if you show certain parts of yourself or that certain parts of yourself are asking too much and I mean I've been giving this advice to people now for several years and I've yet to see anyone where it doesn't just make everything explode for the better for them to show up because however like off brand or off message you think some facets of your real life are I promise you from the outside they never never are and if you're not convinced if you think you're the exception come and reply to the show notes for this episode and tell me why you're the exception and I'll tell you why you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) because it's you know it's that thing it's much easier to see from the outside and yeah bringing more of your humanity to your business is always a plus and in the case of something like chronic illness it's the only option because you can't pretend you can't lie and I think like there is so much professionalism in saying hey I have circumstances that make this difficult for me and this is how I manage it because Mm. that is business that is that is work right like helping people manage their problems helping people find solutions so whatever kind of work you're in I think showing that you are able to overcome adversity only gives people more faith in you not less yeah and on like on a very practical sense it's just annoyingly we have to be ruthless and create more space in our business we have to create emergency space for the days that we have we have to build into our project plans a couple of days just to lie down in bed all day because it's like assume that you need more space than you think you do that's all that's and it's and it's frustrating and it's hard and there's so much you know for anyone else who relates to having to spend so much of their life lying down just to just the, the lost hours to surviving our health and like thank god for podcasts and netflix that get us through it um they, they don't help us pass the time a little bit but it's just practically it's like i've just building my humanness into my business and it's really interesting to listen to this era because i think i'm excellent at building my business my humanness into my business in all the practical ways structurally i'm excellent at that the work i still have to do is in my own head the work yeah. i still have to do is being safe in my own head and i think I think both things are true for both perhaps here where it's there's there's some practical questions at looking at the business and saying like okay how do I honor my humanness and how I structure things and in how I how communicate with clients and all that good stuff but also the permission the story that Bo will rewrite around what does it actually look to show up and be all in and what does it actually look like to show up and do your best work and what does it actually look like to be professional and reliable and dependable and what ridiculous expectations are any of us putting on ourselves from a society rules of a society that just aren't were never realistic in the first place for anyone not even you don't have to have a chronic illness like Sarah said it's none of us thrive at overextending ourselves we all have more needs than we have often been socialized to allow to accept for ourselves and it's time for change so this is how we make it happen what is the story what is the because listening to you share here Sarah I'm like I think you have access to a belief that I well you always do this for me actually I think you 
you're the voice of reason for me when my husband does this so beautifully like if I've ever had to like put my knees on the table in my business and I start to you know I quickly can and this is again childhood stuff it's just rooting into a story of like I'm not good enough if I inconvenience anyone that's a big deep childhood fear of mine and Alex always reminds me he's always like number one the world's not ending this is not you're not a neurosurgeon (laughs) like it's fun yeah yeah no one's gonna die because you said no and also people the times when I've had to reschedule something or move something around people always say to me like Jen thank you for modeling that I'm safe to do this too yeah. I will sit on calls with clients and on box with clients and, and support them to make these brave beautiful decisions because again we're not saving anyone's life if something's a day late or a week late or a week rescheduled the world doesn't end and I do think practically like building breathing room into your project planning if you know that you probably do have to expect for some leeway like that's just a smart thing to do but I'm curious for you Sarah what do you think is the is is there a story you tell yourself that allows you to feel safe to do this that anyone could take away from listening to this and hold on to themselves I guess partly it's just that I do fundamentally believe that like everyone will encounter times in their life when shit happens and they can't show up the way they the way they committed to and I think you know you have to be an idiot to judge someone else for that because it's going to happen to you if it hasn't already and one of the things that maybe makes it me feel slightly more free about it as well is the sheer number of times when people are like actually that's really good I'm so glad and I know that feeling myself right especially if you are like stretching yourself a cancellation can be like a beautiful gift Sometimes it's the the best thing someone could have given you that day. So I leave it open for that. And sometimes I'll email people and say, look, I can still 100% show up for you. But I just wondered, how would it feel if we moved this call today? And sometimes they're like, oh my God, yes. And so, you know, like without that mindset, I would never even explore the possibility. And then we would both make ourselves show up and maybe Mm -hmm. not feeling 100%. So it's definitely like a flexible thing. You don't want to go too far with that mindset. I'd be like, (laughs) nobody ever wants me to show up. That's definitely not where we're headed. But when it's really, really necessary, yeah, I think just reminding myself and reminding myself that people understand, like we understand each other. And one of the things I try so hard to offer to everybody in my communities whether that's paid free whatever is compassion because Mm. everything is hard (laughs) everything is hard and it's so much there's already so much judgment out there and we all have so much negative self-judgment so I think I meet everybody with compassion and I sort of then have an expectation that they do the same for me Mm, yeah because I know both part of both questions like how do I express this in my communications and again like I think to be honest, like I, I really don't come up against this problem anymore. I can't remember the last time I actually had to reschedule something apart from like, if I've been really sick and something's been like a week delayed in terms of a deliverable. But I think because I've been so ruthless in how I can, what my client commitments are and my communication boundaries are, I think I've built it so spaciously that it's never rubbing up against my needs really because I've built it so spaciously and I think that's why I'm so passionate about how the way we like I'm pre- I think I'm pretty radical in how much I put my needs on the table and the way I structure my offerings these days a because I've seen the consequences of when I didn't do that but also because I think that's how we do our best work and I have learned like we really have unrealistic expectations of reply times <laughs> Like no one needs, <laughs> yeah. you don't need a 24 hour turnover to a reply to an email. <laughs> like it, like people can like, but I guess on a very practical level, my encouragement would be put all your needs on the table and ask if, 
have an answer to every single need about how you would honor that in how you build and shape your business model and your offerings. And then when an emergency happens and so then that's the only thing that comes down to the communications that's just communicating I remember last year I woke up one day I collapsed had to go to hospital for emergency brain scans I had a live call planned for that day I think I had to draft a cancellation from the hospital waiting room or like when I got home like and I just I said to were like really sorry I'm cancelling this and so many people just were like Jen get better like we will speak we will do this call when you're better one individual was not like that I seem to recall I think sometimes in business there's tiny traumas and I it's taken me a year to shift this trauma. I think I may have shared this in an episode. So last year I had this awful health episode. I collapsed. I had to go to hospital. I had to have brain scans. They had to figure out what the hell, because I have a neurological condition. They had to check that basically my neurological condition is my brain protrudes into my, like out of my brain into my spine. <laughs> so they had to make sure that the herniation hadn't increased too much and there wasn't any blockage of fluid. So not a big deal. Like it was. No, no, look, I, I could have <laughs> no, been literally dying. Was. Like my brain may not have had been, thankfully I was okay, but they had to make sure that my condition had not progressed so severely that I had to be rushed in for brain surgery. And the, I had to cancel this one live deliverable in this group program, my group program. And everyone was so kind and people, people really do thank you when you model taking care of yourself because it makes them feel safe to do so too. And one person I remember I was sat, I think I was sat in the hospital or I was sat at home and they were furious at me. They were furious that I rescheduled this live call. They got up for it. They were furious at me and they sent me a really angry email and they asked to leave the program. And I was like, that's absolutely fine. And I actually emailed them back and I remember this so clearly. And I said, I'm really sorry you're disappointed. Everything I do in my work, I want people to be able to honor their humanness. And this was just a situation where I had to honor my humanness too. And they were very angry. They weren't happy that I said that to them. And it was a really traumatic experience because as anyone who knows me well enough knows, like I will often push myself to show up for people because again childhood trauma I don't feel safe to advocate for my needs a lot of the time and I've worked on it a lot over the years um so it was a big deal for me to cancel to to reschedule this call and also I was going for a very traumatic health experience and that it was a traumatic it was both traumatic to experience that communication but also it was freeing to be like I survived this like hundreds like many people in the program were fine and loving and kind and one person wasn't and that's okay because they left and they're they're in they're they're wherever they need to be now in their business with the support that they've invested in and I share this just to say even if someone gets annoyed at you for putting your needs on the table you will survive that because I promise you most human beings are beautiful caring deeply kind people especially if we are honest if we if we put ourselves into the way we take up space we're going to attract the right people for our work and um it's taken me it took me a bit of time to process that trauma and thankfully Sarah helped me do so because talking it out with you really helps and I share this story not to even criticize that person because that was their the response that was true for them but also to share that you'll even survive someone getting annoyed at you you'll even survive someone not having grace for you because most people will have grace for you and also it's not the end of the world if someone gets annoyed at you you survive that but what you don't survive is repeatedly ignoring your needs that is the one thing you don't survive and that is the one thing we can't avoid doing and I think it's a blend of everything we've spoken about here it's a blend of looking at what your needs are and saying how do I shape my business to honor these needs I think it's a big part of what Sarah was saying about the story we tell ourselves and the compassion we show ourselves and then I think 
it's when situations arise and everyone chronic illness or not is going to have emergencies crop up someone might get a phone call from the school that day and the kid's fallen down broken yeah. like needs to go to hospital or you've you know maybe your parents in a care home and you get called in and then there's always going to be emergencies we all have to show each other grace and kindness that because unless we're saving lives nothing can't wait an extra day or week or two you know what I mean absolutely absolutely and you may not be angry at that person but I am still angry at that person for the way that they the way that they spoke to you then because I do not think it's okay that was you showing up as the person you've always said you are and how dare they how dare they shame you for that so if anyone's listening and they're fearful of a similar experience or they're having a similar experience just 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 come and get me and I'll talk to them for you because I've got some <laughs> things said, to say you you offered to reply for me I was ready I was like I was like it's okay I'll do and again I just I really want to the big thing I've had to realize is all of those triggers in my business that it's all childhood stuff it is all deeply childhood stuff and it is and- for the other person too right yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever meant that that was so triggering for her to hear you you know expressing the your own needs that must be so much internal stuff for her it's it's not really about you at all but it's so hard to keep track of that in the moment and it feels so personal and I will say and I think it's probably the same for you Sarah is I'm so honest and open about my health and I'm so honest and open and transparent about the decisions I've made to shape my business to work best for me that I 99.9% of the time attract human beings who a also want the best for me too b who also have their own needs that they want to honor in their business and like they 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 show me grace and they and they they want the best for me too and I, I have realized like I I only want to work with people and have people in my containers that honor my humanness as much as I honor theirs like it gets and then then like that it's my job to show up and deliver what I offer they don't owe me any emotional support they don't owe me any deliverables back to me no but we owe each other the same kindness and respect as fellow humans living on this planet together and yeah and I would say that being so open and vulnerable in ourselves is how we've attracted the right people into our businesses and then and then it's just the practicalities of like these are my communication boundaries and this is how I've structured my offerings but my biggest question to you would be is there anything currently in the way that you are committing to delivering your work that is actually wildly out of alignment with what needs to be Mm. true for you to manage your health condition and if it is because that was what the situation was for me especially after having my son all the ways that I was overextending myself was just not possible anymore because I also had this baby who didn't sleep and needed me to feed him all the time. (laughs) And so like, if there's anything fundamentally built into your business that is asking more of you than is willing and reasonable to give, that's got to be one of the first places to start. And I find for most people, most of our business models need a radical overhaul because most of us have built our business models trying to please everybody else and trying to sacrifice our well-being and humanness to meet everyone else's expectations of us and I've actually got this program I want to put together for the people inside my group program called I've got the all structured out just need the spoons to create it called humanize your business because I'm really passionate about this I really want to like we were always looking at our business through the lens of well how can I make the most money and how can I make everyone else so happy and I'm like well no what if we look at the business through the lens of all three things how can I humanize none of us are not doing our best work for not committed to not doing our best work for our clients we're all committed to that most of us are not also committed to meeting our humanness in the business too and it's and you know what since fully putting my needs on the table I'm doing my best work I'm the most fulfilled and my money's in a great place so it's like humanizing our business is where the magic happens i found amen humanizing everything 
all the things all the yeah, time humanize parenthood humanize our friendships out like like you and i have this beautiful friendship where it's like can't do today okay cool we'll reschedule like and even yeah. with like friends like i have friends who it's like not well it's okay like humanize everything because at some point all of us are going to face ill health that is the truth of it. like at some yep. point all of us are going to face inconvenience of some kind yeah. and yeah there isn't yeah. an option because guess what you are a human so yeah and I'm sending I'm sending you so much love Bo because I'm sorry that these are the cards you've been dealt and also yeah. I hope you know you're not alone and um if you want to cry about it with a tub of ice cream like I do sometimes <laughs> go and do it and also you're just not alone and you are worthy of shaping your business to honor your human here's my rule life is hard enough as it is my health is hard enough as it is I refuse for my business to be something that is harder than it needs to be I will extract as much joy out of it as possible because life is too damn short yeah so that's what I hope for all of you too amen and AI is going to cure us all soon <laughs> we should no. do I I like don't even I've never even been on chat GPT so like maybe we someone sent us in an AI question because I would love to hear Sarah's perspective on this because I'm like stuck in the stone age and clueless about it yeah ask me about AI this is like my current nerdy <laughs> indulgence and please I, I, we're always open for new submissions so please send us a question in if there's some people to dive into if you want more from us because obviously we're just so delightful also we have our very low ticket i think it's six pound fifty a month paid tier where you get a paid private episode where we just kind of talk each month about what's been going well and what hasn't been going well I've and all our just shared scenes. all about the launch to the Substack soiree and how it kind of blew my mind and so you get behind the scenes of the good and the bad of whatever's going on with us so the latest one is up and the next one will be up in like at the end of the month and yeah and if you in the show notes will be links to my programs there'll be links to Sarah's Substack soiree if you want to come and join us inside those we'll be back with a new episode soon a couple of weeks maybe <laughs> we'll see how we feel and yeah thank you for listening never believe the lie that your humanness is an inconvenience to your business or your life it is it is your life force is everything and your joys and life is just too damn short and um yeah keep putting your humanness on the table and that's where i found the magic really happens amen we'd love to hear how it you're managing to negotiate this in your own business and life so come and tell us in the show note comments over on substack and bo if you feel like chatting you can come in there as well and we can hear how this sits with you and and get into it a little bit more with you there as well we are sending you all lots of love for your human selves um hope you have an amazing day guys bye bye you can join us at letters from a hopeful creative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.